Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Solo today. Again, you catch the show weekdays live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis. On Instagram at Aaron88. Follow all my work at ScoutFantasySports.com. Got the Week 3 Fantasy Baseball Stock Watch up. Looking at some players whose stock is up and whose stock is down. Just because the stock is down, though, it doesn't mean that you should be getting rid of them. Some of these guys are by lows. So read that. Check it out for yourself. Decide what you want to do if you have some of those players Got also the closer depth chart and bullpen updates from Sean Childs. We got mock drafts from several writers, including myself. Also, a look at some of the quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, tight ends you need to know for your fantasy football drafts, dynasty leagues as well. So you can check out all those articles. Go to the forums and message boards. Ask any questions you have, whether it's waiver wire pickups, trade, strategy, uh, someone asked a question today that they actually have a draft on Sunday. I mean, I've seen people draft after the first week, but wow, a couple weeks into the season definitely makes it interesting. But hey, whatever is fun for you. So you can ask those questions, whatever you have. Uh, I'll have my two-start pitch, uh, two-star pitcher article up over the weekend, so you can check that out there. And of course, scoutdfs.com, where we got you covered. MLB, those guys have been on fire a lot of screenshots of people winning money, uh, getting a lot of players owned at like 2 3 4% that are going off. And uh, obviously that's the key in baseball. I think uh, Jordan Lyles was one of the recommendations yesterday, and obviously that worked out well. So get on over there, scoutdfs.com, check out the baseball content. Of course, you know, you got NBA DFS for the playoffs as well as NHL, PGA with the Masters underway, NASCAR, MMA, uh, lineup optimizers as well to help you out and Slack chat leading up to lineup lock. So plenty of content over there to help you win, as well as VegasWhispers.com. They've been giving out a free pick per day, and I think it's now eight wins in a row, eight or nine wins in a row. And you could check out all the documentation at VegasWhispers.com and on Twitter at VegasWhispers as they document all the plays, whether it's a win or a loss. So full transparency there. And, of course, Dynasty Football, if you're – thirsty and you want to get in a dynasty startup go to play ffwc.com different price points uh six hour clocks for new startup drafts so there's seven seats left in the 75 dollars entry fee so as soon as it fills it will go uh there's 150 dollars 500 dollars a thousand and 299 so all different price points so you figure out what's best for you and enter a dynasty startup. Uh, now is a great time to do it, too, with the draft two weeks away. And obviously, there's trading and everything. So uh, 
Jump in a draft now. Once this $75 one fills, it will go off. So seven seats left there. So head on over to playffwc.com. Sean Childs from scoutfantasysports.com will join me in the next segment to talk some baseball. We'll go over all the latest baseball news. We'll take a look at the live action, get you updated on that, as well as look at lineups for the upcoming games today. Well, uh, we started off with some breaking news here. The Braves have agreed to a deal with second baseman Ozzie Albies. Seven years, $35 million. I mean, you talk about a team-friendly deal? I mean, and we've seen this a lot lately. And I know people are kind of criticizing some of the players on taking these contracts. And they're probably getting advice that there could be some labor issues here down the road. And that's probably why they're doing it to secure it. But, man, this deal... This one is definitely stunning to me. Seven years, $35 million, And a lot of them, you know, maybe the players could have waited and got more money. But this one is the one that really just, I go, wow. Um, so uh, that is definitely one that stood out. And the option years are $7 million each with $4 million buyout. So if both of those get picked up, the Braves get Albies for nine years, $45 billion. So the contract buys out two potential free agent years. And if the options are picked up, it's four free agent seasons. And if they are picked up, Albies would be a free agent after his age 30 season. So, man, the Braves really making out well here on this contract for Ozzy Albies, who will stay. And we're just seeing so many guys uh, get um, signed to contract extensions. So, uh, unbelievable job here by the Braves to get these guys for cheap. Uh, Corey Seager left today's game uh, with, uh, it looks like, an injury. He took a pitch off his leg in the fourth inning, and uh, he was taken out of the game, so haven't received an update yet. There was also another injury this afternoon. Sonny Gray, uh, he has a left calf contusion. He got hit by Miguel Rojas' comebacker in the top of the second inning, and he stayed in the game and wound up pitching four innings, uh, but that was it. Um, Four scoreless innings for Sonny Gray, and We'll see if he's able to make his next start uh, scheduled to go on the road against the Dodgers. And Sonny Gray was terrible in his first start, but bounced back in his last outing. And someone I did like going into the year just because of where you got him, you know, 20th round for the most part. And we saw that he really struggled at Yankee Stadium last year, but he was excellent on the road. You move him to the National League, even though the park is not great. He's a ground ball pitcher, so I liked Sonny Gray going into the year. So we'll see if this uh, injury keeps him out. Uh, Clayton Kershaw will make his debut for the Dodgers on Monday. Originally, it looked like it would be Sunday because he went Tuesday and he was lined up, but now he will go on Monday at home against the Reds. So he gets a really good matchup here against the struggling Reds offense, who has picked it up a little bit today, but that's against the Marlins. So Kershaw was pretty good in his rehab start on Tuesday. He went five scoreless. He did give up two solo home runs in the sixth. Uh, and wound up going six innings. So looks like he is in good shape and good to go uh, for Monday. Jay Bruce left yesterday's game with uh, an Achilles injury. They're saying it's not serious. He's available to pinch hit this afternoon. Obviously, he wasn't in the lineup, and you know, that was one of the things that we looked at with the Mariners. You were saying, okay, what is going to happen here with the playing time? Because Daniel Volkebach has been crushing the ball, and you're not taking a guy out that's hitting like that. That's the one thing. We always sit here, worry about playing time, but if guys are, are crushing the ball, they're not going to be taken out of the lineup. So we've seen 
the Mariners basically kind of arrest everyone day by day. Yesterday was Domingo Santana, who didn't start. He obviously came into the game once Bruce exited. We saw Mitch Hanniger sit, Malik Smith sit, so it was just basically rotation. Now with Jay Bruce dealing with this Achilles, uh, it makes the decision easy. Now, he could be back out there tomorrow or Saturday. They can obviously take it cautious. He's definitely a little bit older, so you want to be careful with him. Of course, they have the luxury to DH him as well, but with Vogelbach and Encarnacion, unless one of those guys sit, and maybe it's one of their turns to sit, maybe there's a lefty and they could sit Vogelbach, but we'll just see. Either way, you know these, these things tend to work themselves out. I know everyone kind of says that, and sometimes it seems like it doesn't, but you know, here's a situation for at least temporarily where it is. You know, we saw with the Padres, it's gotten to dwindle down a little bit. Franchi Cordero recently went on the DL, so now there's four outfielders for three spots, so at least makes it a little bit easier. But uh, certainly uh, clearing a little bit up uh, for now. Nicholas Castellanos was scratched from the lineup today with a right toe injury. So not sure when it happened. He was supposed to be in the lineup, and they scratched him. So Castellanos obviously... Uh, not off to a great start. No home runs. He has been getting on base, but we know he uh, can put up good numbers by the end of the season. He did it last year in a subpar lineup, even with Miguel Cabrera out most of the season. So we'll uh, hope that that is not too serious. I don't have a ton of Castellanos this year. He's always a player the last couple of years that I've had. I know I got him in the great fantasy baseball invitational where just seemed to be getting injuries there. Recently lost Mike Clevenger, so I'm hoping that it's not too serious and he can be back in there, especially uh, with the ability to change lineups on a Friday because we're playing in the NFBC format there. So those are some of the stories from today dealing with injuries. Some of the top things that happened yesterday was Tyler Glass now, another dominant performance. And uh, if you're a subscriber of Scout, you would have seen uh, an article I wrote, I think in February, about Tyler Glass now having a breakout season. And unfortunately, his price kept going up and up. And I do have him. I have him in the uh, GST League. I have him in a couple draft champions leagues. But he did start to go, you know, pretty early. Like, the hype started to really build. And, you know, there was a question of, okay, how many innings is he going to throw this year? Last year, he threw 111 and two-thirds. Because remember, he pitched primarily out of the bullpen last year. He really started when he went over to Tampa Bay. He had 45 games last year, 11 were starts. And you got to look at kind of the splits. And when he went over to Tampa Bay, he was just much better. You know, he worked on some things and he really cut down on the walks because that's been the biggest issue. We know he's going to get a ton of strikeouts. It was command. And, you know, could he cut down on the walks? And he's done that so far. To me, that's one of the most impressive things that we've seen from him in this early going. You know, everyone's going to say, oh, 21 strikeouts, 17 innings. For me, it's three walks. I mean, that is huge. That's a big improvement. We'll see if that can continue. But so far, so good for class. Now, 3-0 and with a 0.53 ERA as another great outing for him yesterday, going six scoreless innings, two hits, a walk, and 11 Ks. That's a career high for uh, Glass now. And, uh, the, the velocities there, those in the mid to upper 90s, the good slider and curve. He's keeping the ball on the ground and not allowing a lot of hard contact. And sometimes it takes some time for these tall players to really get their mechanics consistent. And that's what we have to look out for. Can he be consistent with his delivery? 6'8", 220. He's only 25 years old. And even Randy Johnson early in his career took some time to really 
get into the flow and have the consistent mechanics. He was wild early on in his career, but you know, three good starts for Glassnow so far. And yes, one was in Chicago on a cold day, and the White Sox not a great offense. One was in San Francisco, not a great park to pitch in, not a good offense. But his first start was against Houston, and that's a good offense. And he was able to be productive there. Now he didn't have the strikeouts that he did in the other games, four strikeouts in five innings. So we still want to see him against the Yankees, against the Red Sox. But he will get to face the Blue Jays and Orioles offense, which isn't great. So great start. You know, some people might want to sell high on him. I mean, look, you can sell on any player. Every player has a price. Even Cody Bellinger and all these guys off to fast starts. You always want to test the market, see what people will give you. And maybe someone overwhelms you for glass now. If they give you something consistent, sure. But I do think he will have a good year. Uh, I liked him a lot in the offseason. And he did have that one bad spring start against the Yankees. And he did struggle a little bit with the command in the spring. But he was working on some things. He was working on a pause in his delivery as well. So I think that was certainly a factor. But like what I have seen from him so far. Also like what I see from Colin McHugh. That's someone else who... I talked about it a lot as a target. On I didn't get him in as many leagues as I, I wanted to. I do have him in Tout Wars, and maybe you know he got pushed down a little bit. He had the back injury in the spring, so maybe that was in the back of the minds of some people. But he looked really good yesterday against the Yankees. Six innings, four hits, two runs, one walk, nine Ks. I mean, that slider was just devastating, getting a ton of swings and misses. So really nice job by him yesterday and uh, i think that's uh gonna last as well uh we saw tommy fam with two home runs and i i feel like i should have fam in more leagues he's definitely someone that i liked a lot had ranked pretty high i don't even know if i have i probably do have him in, in a couple of early draft champions leagues but i don't think i got him in any of my redraft leagues and i think maybe it's just missing out uh you know him going earlier or maybe i had a couple outfielders but you know definitely like fam this year the, the biggest issue for him obviously is Staying healthy, uh, we've seen him get banked up over the last couple seasons, but he's off to a nice start. Uh, 419 OBP, five stolen bases, and he had two home runs yesterday. His first two home runs of the season, primarily been hitting second for the race. So expect him to have a good year, as well as his teammate Austin Meadows. He was a nice value in the middle rounds of drafts, and he homered yesterday his fourth of the year. He's batting 341 with four homers. 13 RBIs and two stolen bases. So I have him in a couple leagues, and he's been really impressive so far. And hitting leadoff, sometimes they move him down in the order as well, but uh, certainly good things there. Uh, Jose Leclerc, it was a very shaky performance for him yesterday. And, you know, he blew a save two nights ago, and I believe that was the first time he allowed a run since, like, July. I mean, he was on a, a nice streak, and he allowed uh, three runs, including a homer, to Gerard Dyson the other night. And last night he came in, it was a 5-1 game, and he just struggled, and they actually pulled him. So it wasn't a safe situation. And he had thrown 18 pitches, just seven for strikes, and hit a couple batters. So uh, Detroit, uh, I mean, the, the Rangers decided to to pull him from the game. And uh, you need to see LeClerc get back out there and have a good performance because one hit, one run, and one walk. Uh, but... You know, it just wasn't sharp and uh, hit a couple batters. And uh, it was not the performance you wanted to see from LeClerc before they allowed him to do further damage. They took him out and Bird came in to get the save. So I don't think there's anything to worry about yet. Remember, they just paid LeClerc as well. So I don't think you're going to pay a guy that type of money. Not that they paid him a lot, but you signed him to a new contract and then just pull him 
from the closer role that quickly. So uh, a lot of people were drafting LeClerc as a top 12 closer, thinking that they had something real solid there. But even last year, he did have some command issues. Now, the thing was last year, he didn't allow home runs. He allowed one home run in 57 and two-thirds innings, and he's already allowed one home run this year, as I mentioned, to Dyson in five innings. So uh, the two walks a little bit, you know, it's only two walks, but the hit by pitch uh, certainly was a concern. So you just have to hope it's, you know, two bad outings and he could bounce back because a lot of people were counting on him to be their number one closer. I know I do have him in one league, and that's the NFBC auction. So I want to see LeClerc go out there next time and have a clean inning or not struggle because then if it does be a problem, you know, it could get in his head and then you have to start wondering uh, when it becomes a mental issue. When we return, I'll be joined by one of the top high-stakes players around. He also contributes here at ScoutFantasySports.com. It is Sean Childs. Always smart working the waiver wire. He's had a lot of success. He's an NFBC Hall of Famer. We'll talk baseball with him. That is ahead right here. It is Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy. Was this the fastest outfield in MLB history that was on the field? Terrence Gore, Billy Hamilton, and Whit Merrifield. That is a fast outfield. Sure is. That is ridiculous. And you know what? I wanted to bring up Gore because <laughs> well, he's a really interesting player. You know he's been technically in the league off and on for seven years, Greg, and still has his rookie status? For seven years? No way! Because he's never had enough plate appearances in a season. That's crazy. He's he's runs. Runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steals bases. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Check out ScoutFantasySports.com right now. Got my fantasy baseball stock watch up. You can get the closer report, the depth chart, and bullpen updates from Sean Childs as well. We got mock drafts from different members of the staff, including myself, as well as a look at some of the top impact quarterbacks, rookies, receivers, and tight ends for your dynasty and redraft leagues. And joining me now to talk some baseball, it is Sean Childs. Again, ScoutFantasySports.com. Sean, what's up? 
Adam, another day at the office, huh? Yeah, another day, more injuries, just hoping to avoid them. Uh, been bit hard so far, but got to persevere. Uh, obviously, uh, you're you're big into the Masters. Are you a big DFS golf guy every week, or is it just for the Masters because you're trying to win that million dollars? I just think it's a shorter pool, and you can research all the players, and you got a couple of weeks to do it. And, uh, you know, it's worth a million dollars, so it's worth, uh, you know, competing in. So I would say that I'd probably just do the majors and maybe do it once in a while. It's a good pairing with football because you can research it a little bit and get, like, four days of action rather than getting hammered over the head like baseball and, uh, you know, even basketball. It's kind of tough for me to follow it, especially with the late scratches and stuff. And uh, basketball, it's just different. How is it for golf with that four-day sweat? A lot of people talk about it. I just haven't really gotten into it. Uh, but do you enjoy the DFS golf aspect of it? Yeah, you just want to. Yeah, you want to get your guys to make it on the weekend, and then hopefully you get a chance that that it, it, they make a big push on Sunday. It's 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 there's some wild swings in the game, but uh, I think it's you know handicappable. It's just uh, it's a little different for the, the casual person that doesn't play it, you know, every week and stuff like that. And you know, it's a good follow. It's good background. I let I got to have a third TV to follow it most of the time because I fall in baseball and watching something else on most days. Yeah, especially now a lot of day baseball today and. I uh, got the weekend afternoon baseball, so yeah, a lot to follow. Uh, I know we talked about this a little bit last week with the NFPC and the high stakes league with the no injured list spots. And we're getting so many injuries now, and we just got news a day or so ago about Luis Severino now dealing with this lat injury, so that's going to push him back. And you know, I'm finding it difficult to hold him in the NFPC because I have a multitude of injuries. Now, how do you kind of make that decision where you go, you know what? Uh, I just can't hold on to him any longer. I know I'm going to cut him, and someone else is going to pick him up that doesn't have injuries. But you know, how do you make that decision of when it's time to let go of an injured player that you know is going to be out uh, a couple months? Right. Well, Severino falls into a different category because you know he has high upside if he pitches. Uh, the secondary injury looked like it wasn't the same as the first one. So I actually think it might be a positive where, you know, he might have a little more time to recover and he comes back, you know, where he pitches well. Um, I would treat him probably as a prospect and, you know, being the June. So I'm sure it, I have a pitcher at the back end of my rotation that I don't trust as much. And I might have to flip, you know, week to week from a different roster spot, but I wouldn't be putting him back. I mean, if it was, you know, Rich Hill or somebody a lower tier, um, and I and I got forced to. I would be more inclined to do something like that. But you know, a top tier guy that you know is capable of being elite without having that clear update that he's going to be out for the rest of the season. I would I probably hang on to you know Severino type player. Does Mike Clevenger fall into that category too? As someone that you try to do your best to hold him as well? Well, I think they said for sure three months, right? And so uh, that's. Uh, that's a, I guess that's a, you know, you try to hang on to him as long as you can, and hopefully you get a couple months out of him. I mean, I had one year in 2006 that I, I had James Harden get hurt, carried him the whole year, needed him the last two starts of the year just to pitch well in two games. He pitched well the first game. The second game, he only needed four strikeouts. I would have won the league. He got three. He got hooked after two and two-thirds innings, and I lost by one strikeout. Wow, that's crazy. It's amazing how that happens in baseball quite a bit. I've been in races where it comes down to a hit, a save, a strikeout. It's amazing, like 162 games, and a championship can be decided that closely. 
Yeah, it's, it is amazing, and then that story is pretty good, actually. But, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, you just never know, especially when you get those top-tier players. It's just, you know, you know, yeah, hopefully you're healthy enough there. You have enough roster spots where you can get away with it. But, you know, Clevenger was electric out of the gate, so it's a, it's a, it's a huge uh, bad break for you. But it, for me, when I don't own him, it's, um, it's a positive, you know. Yeah, definitely it's good for you. I have them in four leagues, including the NFBC auction. So, yeah, it was a tough break for me. And uh, you see him start out the way he did. You feel good. And then I, I wasn't watching the game the other day. I just saw the box score because I think it was Sunday. Yeah, and I was, I was playing softball. And I'm like, five innings? And why is he out of the game? And then I saw him like, oh, great. This is not going to end well. And Yeah, he's okay. And then, yeah, he's not picking up a baseball for six to eight weeks. So, uh, it's one of those things that everyone deals with injuries. You just have to do your best to work a way around them. Joined by Sean Childs. You can find him scoutfantasysports.com. Uh, everyone's panicking on Chris Sale right now. I don't know if you got the opportunity to see his start the other day against Toronto. It started off well. Velocity was good. I don't think they hit him particularly hard, but uh, now that we've seen three starts, is there more concern for you? Do you still feel like he can turn it around? Where are you on Chris Sale right now? Uh, I get to watch a few innings of his game uh, in his last start, and I, I, you know, they hit you know three to five balls the other way that were relatively just slap hits, and it's not like he was, you know, getting whacked around. And uh, his velocity in the last inning, you know, he's ninety four on a fastball a couple times, so I thought that was positive. So overall, I think he's probably going to be okay. He's probably just going through the motions of just trying to get you know back into the major league you know rhythm of pitching you know deep in the game. So. Um, I'm confident he'll bounce back, and I, I, I'm, I'm fine with, you know, I know it's a poor start, but he'll string together some good starts to correct his numbers. Uh, we did not see a good start once again from Walker Bueller today. Uh, his one good start was in Coors Field. He's a guy, too, that they really didn't pitch him much in the spring, similar to the Red Sox starters who really didn't throw much in the spring. He's a young arm who obviously was dominant last season, and the Dodgers want to be cautious of him. Do you think this is a case of just not enough innings in the spring and he's just it's still kind of spring training for him? Or is there cause for concern here with uh, Walker Bueller, who only went four innings today and a lot of five hits, five runs, two walks? Yeah, I wish I would have saw him today. I guess I had the golf on and I was working on some football stuff for the first time. So I missed the, you know, the beginning of the game. So I, I haven't seen him pitch. I don't own him in any leagues other than labor and I. Um, but you would think that he's talented enough and has a good enough stuff where he would rebound. But, you know, he's, if he did have some sort of injury in spring training and they were holding back, you know, maybe it's, you know, something's, uh, you know, underneath, you know, that's, you know, holding him back. So, you know, proceed with caution, but, you know, in our, our leagues with no trading, you're kind of stuck with who you have at this point of the season. Uh, we saw another bad start from Nick Pavetta yesterday. Seven runs over three and two-thirds innings. His ERA is 9.45. A lot of people like this guy because of the strikeout-to-walk ratio. I don't remember where you stood on him. I just thought the price got too high. I only have him in one league, and it was an auction, and I really expected someone to go up another dollar. Uh, so I thought there was potential there, but the price was just so high for a guy that really didn't do it yet, and you were basically paying for a really good season. Where were you on Pavetta before the year? And how do you look at him right now? Uh, I, a couple of years ago, I liked him and I experienced him over the summer where I saw the hot and cold and uh, I kind of stayed away from him last year. And, you know, he flashed at times and he had some decent games, but it's, it's just when he's off, he's off. So, 
he, I, where he was getting drafted, you know, I didn't see consistently coming and I, I avoided him all spots. He was too high for me. Um, you know, I like Philly. They were going to win games and I think he'll, you know, get, have some, you know, shining moments, but overall, like you said, he's, you know, he's a tough owned right now. And you know, what pitch could you have had instead of him that would be offer more consistency? Yeah. I think there were a few in that range, uh, for sure. And, uh, it just seems like people want him to break out, and you know it's still possible it could happen, but we just haven't really seen those signs yet. Uh, I know last year you were pretty high on Tyler Glass. Now he was another guy too that was going pretty high in drafts. So I don't know if that prevented you from getting him, but uh, you know he's off to a great start. What have you seen from him so far? And were you able to land him in any leagues this year, or were the, was the price too high? I was able to get him in one league, and it was the cut line, which was pretty much you know, pretty easy buy in that league, you know, based on where he goes, because you just want wins and strikeouts are pretty much in a, in a PC. But uh, um, he was just in that spot where he like, is his command going to come all the way? And, or, you know, I was kind of parking, looking at Lucchese or Maeda in that range and trying to protect my whip and, you know, and figuring wins might not be perfect in Tampa. But, you know, he's, he looked like the elite guy that I thought he was last year, just uh, a year too late. And, uh, and I was a year early on him, and I don't have him enough spots. But so far, it looks good, and Tampa's pitching staff has been unbelievable out of the gate. Yeah, they certainly have. And, yeah, I probably would have had him more, too, if it wasn't for the price. It's just he really started to get that hype and really moved up draft boards. Uh, someone who started to move up late, and that was because people were unsure if he'd start the team the year with the team. That's Pete Alonso of the Mets, and he's been unbelievable so far. They put him in the two spot. He's showing good power. He's drawing walks. But we know rookies go through struggles, and he'll probably you know, go through a slump at some point. But if you're in a season-long league right now, do you shop him to see what you get, or do you just enjoy this ride and think this is a guy that could hit 30 home runs this year? Yeah, I think he's a pretty pretty good hitter. It's just, I guess, his downside was his glove, and you know the Mets are you know willing to ride him, and he seems like he's making some strides, and you know, field and and he's he's a top prospect as far as hitting. So I, if I owned him, I'd be pretty excited. Um, I don't own him in any of the high end things, just of where he went in drafts. But uh, overall, you know, I think he's going to continue and progress, and he's going to be a pretty exciting player, especially uh, you know in future years. Uh, Jock Peterson's off to a, a nice start for the Dodgers. Uh, average, not great, but he's hitting for some power. He's been getting on base. We know he is going to sit against most lefties. Can you still have a player like that in a weekly league? I mean, obviously, the NFBC, you can change your lineups on Friday. Can you have him on the roster and manage it to work, uh, even though he is going to be sitting against lefties? Uh, yeah, you can manage him. I, I actually drafted Kyle Tucker in two main events, and Peterson was sitting there in the 25th round. And I've always been a big Peterson fan. I wish he had uh, was on a different team because he might get better chances against lefties and maybe hit better than people think he would. But uh, – you know, he, he had a hot stock to the year. He's, he's, he can hit home runs, and uh, he's just when he's facing those two or three lefties that week, you hopefully you have an extra option on your bench to uh, put in there. But they don't even, you know, they'll mix in, uh, you know, Taylor in the outfield, but even Verdugo doesn't get that many chances because, you know, they're both lefty. You can't replace Peterson. Trey Mancini's off to a fast start, hit his sixth homer yesterday, batting three sixty two. Is this just a hot streak, or do you see Mancini – maybe taking a step up this year. Uh, nice steady player. Doesn't that play in a great lineup, you know, 2080, you know, maybe 2580, you know, uh, 
you know, type of foundation skill set with a bad and average chance to rebound a little bit from last year. Um, you know, just nice start. Um, you know, the Orioles going to probably, you know, go on the road and they're going to have some games where they're going to struggle to score runs. So he, he will taper off, but, uh, you know, if you have him uh, in a trading league, you might be able to get something for him. But overall, in the NFC, I'd be I'd be pretty happy with this start. Uh, Jose Quintana was the cheapest he has been in years. Obviously, coming off a disappointing year, and uh, his last start, he just got obliterated. Now it was in Milwaukee. We know that's a tough place to pitch, and he allowed three home runs. Was it a bad start? Is Quintana one of those veterans that was undervalued and could bounce back, or was last year a sign of things to come? I have to believe that he could have an ERA under four and be, you know, at least productive for the whole season, but it's been disappointing. Uh, he was slipping to the 16th round and 15 draft, 15 team drafts. And, you know, you expected the Cubs to win some games. He will get some strikeouts. Command has been better in the past, you know, other than last year. Um, you would think he would be more than serviceable. And I just, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, he bounces back. He got the strikeouts in the first game in, in that he came in relief. So I was kind of scared to put him in a one, one lineup I had this week in the main event. But, uh, you know, uh, hopefully he pitches better when he's at home and he's, he has a favorable matchup today. I think he's facing Pittsburgh, correct? Uh, yes, he is. He is facing Pittsburgh today. It's Quintana versus Joe Musgrove tonight at 8.05 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would think he would be, you know, at least get nice six innings, give two or three runs, and, you know, have a chance to win that game. You hope so. If you can't get it done against the Pirates, then that is definitely some concern. Uh, talking to Sean Child, ScoutFantasySports.com. Matt Boyd with another good start yesterday, getting another win. He's been very impressive so far. Was Boyd someone you were looking at late in drafts? And do you think he's not going to pitch to this level, but is it sustainable that he can be a, a, a positive on a even 12-team league for the whole season? I would have to think that other major league teams would be looking to get him off the Tigers. If he's, you know, it seems like his velocity up, the K's are up. He always kind of had good command in the minors and never fulfilled his potential in the majors, but he's made a step forward. Um, it's, they said his velocity is up, but I, I you know, overall, I, I, I like what he's done. I stayed away from him because he pitched for the Tigers and they expected a lot of, you know, big wins, even though I, I think I had a pretty positive write-up of his direction when I did it in uh, the outlooks, but, um, you know, if he ends up on a you know a contender, I mean, he he could be a in, very interesting player this year. I know you don't want to take a victory lap here in April. It doesn't make sense, and you could look bad. But you were very aggressive. I think it was in labor on Cody Bellinger. We probably were sitting. A lot of people were sitting like, "Damn, how much are you paying for Bellinger?" You're feeling pretty good about that today. Uh, talk about Bellinger's start for the Dodgers. Well, the sad thing about that is, is the guy that bid thirty-five is is feeling bad that he didn't get him because Lenny Lenny has texted me or Facebooked me a message two or three times already, you know, and I didn't know that he was really high on him. But you know, I, I like Bellinger a lot. I wanted him in as many leagues as I could. Um, unfortunately, a couple spots I didn't wasn't in the right position to you know finesse him. I wasn't going to move him into the second round in drafts, but I got him in you know some key spots and. In the main events, but uh, he is looks like he's going to have a special year. He's going to run, uh, steal bases for first baseman, and you know I think his batting average is going to surprise as well. So uh, I got a I got fifty dollars to win the home run title. So I'm hoping for greatness. Uh, have you have you made any good waiver wire pickups in the pitching department? You play in a lot of deep leagues, fifteen team leagues. So 
Have you picked someone up that you think could be a difference maker? You know, someone like a Trent Thornton, Spencer Turnbull, any guy like that? Is there anyone that you've added so far that you think could be someone that you can keep the long haul this season? I I, I haven't hit on anybody yet. I don't think I picked up the uh, Oakland rookie. Got dropped dropped in uh, you know one or two leagues, and I took a shot at him last week. Hopefully, I get news in the next two or three weeks if it's going to be positive or negative, and maybe he's a good second half hole. But uh, you know, you got to filter through the pool and try to wait for the opportunities. And uh, you know, some sometimes they're they're going to come for the minors, so we need them to be called up into the pool before we can get a shot at them. Yeah, and especially uh, in these deep formats, always look at the players that are dropped too, because sometimes there'll be some eye-opening drops. Uh, I know I've seen that in a couple leagues last week where people lose patience. So. It's always important to look at the drops as well because you might be able to pluck something off there, as you alluded to, with Jesus Lazardo. I'm assuming is who you were referring to, correct? Yeah, Lazardo. yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm holding and on. He was dropped in a couple – he got dropped in a couple of leagues last week too. Yeah, I'm holding on to him in one league. Hopefully I can stick with him. Sean, uh, thanks for the time as always. What do you got coming up at Scout? Uh, I'm going to do a little bit of uh, football over this week and stay with the baseball stuff. And I think ne- next week I'm going to transfer all the uh, stat stuff over to the 2019 season. And we got the draft at the uh, at the end of next week, right? Yep. Two so weeks. it's uh, things going to be happening. And then we got to dive into the outlooks. All right. That is Sean Childs. ScoutFantasySports.com. I'll come back with some game updates and lineups for tonight's slate. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to Fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at Fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to Fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to Fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to Fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's Fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Make it rain. Indiana and Boston, it's going to be a tough series. Home court obviously means a lot in that series with Boston, but this kid's smart, averaging about nine points, four assists, and about three boards this year. Uh, I think what he does, though, and what he provides, certainly off the bench for there, is a a torn oblique sucks. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Thursday afternoon. 
two weeks away from the NFL Draft, and you can get some NFL Draft rookie coverage and a look at some Dynasty prospects on ScoutFantasySports.com. We got a look at the top quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and tight ends from a fantasy perspective. And Dynasty, you could also check out our mock drafts from different writers. Mine is up there as well, in addition to my stock watch for fantasy baseball and the closer report depth charts and bullpen updates from sean childs as well so you can check that out scoutfantasysports.com with major league baseball season now in full swing it's time to swing for the fences playing daily fantasy baseball with dailyroto.com become their eighth one million dollar winner or another one of the countless number of people who have won hundreds thousands tens of thousands even hundreds of thousands of dollars using dailyroto.com to help set their DraftKings or FanDuel MLB lineups. If you are playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount, and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, the use of lineup optimizers that have already produced millions in DFS winnings. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Uh, you could also sign up right now if you're ready to draft Dynasty Football. Football will be here before you know it. If you go to playffwc.com, there are Dynasty Startup Drafts set to go. And once they are filled, they will take off. There's seven seats left in a $75 one, $75 new startup draft. Six hour clock once it begins. There's different price points $150, $500, $1,000, and $299 as well. So, uh, whatever price point fits you best. Of course, Dynasty, a lot of fun. You can get the trading too once you uh, get in a league and get underway. So, check it out playffwc.com. Uh, let's take a look at some of the action going on right now. A couple games already final. The Reds beat the Marlins 5-0 today, so the Reds were really struggling. And what's the cure for that? Yeah, let's face the Marlins. Even though the Marlins do have good pitching, I mean, their offense, you can easily shut it down. So story here is Sonny Gray left early. Very unfortunate for Sonny Gray because he was on a roll. Four scoreless innings, two hits, no walks, six Ks. Got that ERA down to 203, so he's certainly in line for the win. But he got hit by a comebacker in the second inning, and they pulled him after four. Looks like it's a calf contusion, and we'll have to see if he's able to make his next start. So just really poor luck here. And uh do have Sonny Gray in a couple leagues, including Tout Wars, where I just keep getting injuries there. So really a tough break there today for Sonny Gray owners. But it's a left calf contusion, and we'll see if he's good to make his next start, which is supposed to be on the road against the Dodgers, who have been hitting very well to start the season. So Robert Stevenson came in. He got the W. Uh, Pablo Lopez, uh, he's pitched better than the ERA shows so far. Uh, I do have him in one league, my home league. He went four and two-thirds, seven hits, four runs, a walk, and five Ks. Uh, that ERA is now 6.60, but I do think he has fantasy value. Obviously, the biggest issue for him is clearly you know, wins on this team. But he's shown good control. His velocity is up. And uh, strikeout-to-walk ratio is really good. He has 17 strikeouts and two walks on the season so far. So he is going to be hurt by not getting the run support. But I do think there's some value there for Lopez this season. For the Reds, Yasiel Puig made his return after the suspension. He was 1-4 for four with two RBIs. He did strike out twice. 
but he did get a uh, double, and he stole a base, too, his first of the season. So I wrote about Yasiel Puig today in the stock watch so you can see whether I think he is someone that you should bail or buy. That is uh, part of the stock watch on ScoutFantasySports.com right now. Jesse Winker's been picking it up, and he needs to to stick in this lineup. One for two with two runs and two walks. They put him leadoff because of his ability to get on base, and he's sitting at a 256 OBP right now. But, uh, you know, he's starting to get going. Eugenio Suarez, his third home run of the year, three for four with a run and two RBIs, doing what we expected. Uh, obviously, the RBI total will pick up when some of these guys start getting on base. He has three homers, six RBIs, batting 297 with a 409 on base percentage. And Joey Votto, two for four with a run in RBI. He's only hitting 244. OVP at 340, but again, a lot of these Reds off to slow starts. I expect the lineup to get going. For the Marlins, really not much going on. Brian Anderson, two for three. It's just a really, really bad lineup, and uh, they are now three and ten, and it's really going to be tough for them pitching, uh, for playing in that NL East with those four really good teams. Uh, but they do have some uh, encouraging pitchers uh, on the roster. They're definitely fantasy-worthy. Even Lopez with his bad start today, I think you could use him. You got Richards. And, of course, Caleb Smith. So there's some good arms on this staff. Obviously, you don't want your staff flooded with them because you will definitely fall behind in wins. The A's love playing in Baltimore. Uh, once again, they beat the Orioles 8-5 to today. Uh, Chris Davis, the story here once again. Two more home runs. He now has nine homers in the year, 17 RBIs. He was two for five with two runs and three RBIs. And the average at 266. We're used to seeing him at 247, but... Chris Davis just, I, even though he was going in the fourth round of some drafts, I, I still think he was kind of undervalued. Again, this is a 4,100 in the bank if he's healthy, and look at the start that he's after. So, yes, uh, he does hurt in some leagues. You know, I do have him in a league where he's only utility eligible, and it does hurt the flexibility a little bit. I mean, that is a, a draft champions league too, so it hurts a little bit there more. But I don't care, man, especially in a redraft league. You, you figure it out. Just bank the stats. So, uh Learn, if you didn't already this year, don't sleep on Chris Davis uh, of the A's, obviously. Uh, Marcus Simeon, two for five with two runs and an RBI. He was pretty undervalued this year, too. You know, a guy that can go 15-15, and he's been hitting at the top of the lineup lately. Kendrys Morales, two for three with a run. Uh, finally hit his first home of the year. Chad Pinder on the start here, two for four with a run. Would really like him if he got more playing time. And Josh Fegley. With his third home run of the year, did pick him up in a league or two recently. He's not going to keep this up, but hey, number two catcher spot, man. You just want to get some decent production uh, right now. Brooks gets the win for the A's, six innings, three hits, three run, three walks, three Ks. He's got a 4.24 ERA. Blake Trinan with his fourth save of the season, uh, struck out two in a scoreless inning. As uh, it was pretty easy for him, ten pitches, seven strikes. So one of the most reliable closers out there in the game today. Uh, Smith Jr. for the Orioles with a home run, his first of the season. Uh, Trey Mancini 0 for 4 today, so he cooled off. Uh, and Chris Davis 0 for 3 with a run and a walk and a strikeout. So I think that's 0 for 53 now. Just real rough for him. I have seen that he has hit some balls hard, but, man, it's just uh, terrible for him now. Dylan Bundy, once again, victimized by the home run. Four more home runs allowed in five innings today. Seven hits, six hard runs. Did strike out eight. 8.76 ERA, man. It's another guy that's got to get out of Baltimore, I think, for him to have success. It's just going to be, you know, he's a fly ball pitcher in Camden Yards. It's just not the recipe for success. We've seen the Orioles just not be able to develop these uh, 
starting pitchers, and uh, the park is tough. Uh, we have seen the Rockies get it done. They've had some success there. Now we'll see if Baltimore can do it. It's going to take a, a real big overhaul here to get it done. The Indians lead the Tigers 4 to nothing, going to the top of the ninth. Shane Bieber, another tremendous start today. Seven scoreless innings, three hits, one walk, and six strikeouts. That ERA now at 1.80 on the season. Leonis Martin, three for four, two runs and two RBIs. He had a second home of the year, and he stole base. Do think there's some fantasy value there for Martin. He's going to get the playing time. He's hitting leadoff. Jose Ramirez continues to struggle 0 for 5 with two strikeouts, now hitting 136 with a 170 OBP and a 182 slugging. But keep in mind, he got off to a slow start last year as well. Carlos Santana, 3 for 3 with two RBIs. Uh, for the Indians, for the Tigers, Spencer Turnbull, Four innings, eight hits, three runs, a walk, and four Ks. He needed 91 pitches. His ERA is up to 4.80. You would have liked to have seen a better performance, especially against this Indians lineup, which has come on a little bit the last couple of days, but that's an offense that you need to take advantage of. Nicholas Castellanos scratched from the lineup today with a toe injury. Nico Goodrum, one for two and stole his first base of the year, but a quiet day offensively. Shane Bieber solved the Tigers today. Just three hits for the Tigers there in the ninth inning. And if you take Castellanos out of the lineup, it's an even worse lineup. It's especially top-heavy with Castellanos, Cabrera, and Nico Goodrum. So a uh, real pretty bad lineup right now there for the Tigers. Lots of runs in St. Louis today. The Cardinals lead the Dodgers 11-7. to Both starting pitchers shaky in this one. Walker Buehler, another poor start for the Dodgers. Four innings, five hits. Five runs, two walks, five Ks. His ERA is now at 8.25. Michael Walker was even worse. Three and two-thirds, eight hits, seven runs, a walk, and three Ks. He allowed three home runs. His ERA is up to 5.28. He had a very high whip coming into this game and uh, was just terrible today. Uh, a couple of injuries, too, uh, on the Dodgers' side. Uh, Corey Seager left this game after getting hit by a pitch, so I haven't seen any update yet, but he got hit. In the leg in the top of the fourth inning and came out the game. And Max Muncy was also removed from this game. And uh, he was flexing his hand after he made an error at second base. So uh, he also dropped the throw on a stolen base attempt. So Chris Taylor replaced him. So two potential injuries there for the Dodgers, which we'll keep it on. It just feels like we're getting a ton of injuries every day. And I know we say it every year, but this year it's been feels like it's definitely worse. For the Dodgers, David Freeze hit a home run. Enrique Hernandez is fourth year. I do like Enrique Hernandez this year. I don't have him anywhere. And, you know, obviously his price would have went up if we knew he was starting. But there were a couple of leagues where uh, I thought about him. And then, like, well, I don't know if he's going to get enough playing time. I mean, really regret that now. As, uh, he's, he's definitely going to get the playing time. And he's got the multiple position eligibility. He's off to a really good start batting. 357. Now has four homers and 10 RBIs. Uh, Corey Seager was two for two with a run before leaving the game uh, for the Dodgers. For the Cardinals, no home runs. Jose Martinez, four for four with three runs and an RBI. Can we just get this guy into the lineup? How are we going to do it? He's playing right field today, but obviously they're paying Dexter Fowler a lot of money and roll with him. But at some point, you got to hope that they just put Martinez out there. I know he's not great defensively. Tyler O'Neill got the start in left field today. He's two for four with two runs. So two players that really could do well if they got playing time, but it's just not there right now. Paul DeYoung, two for three with three runs and a walk. He's batting three fifty three with a four twenty one OBP. That's a guy that I wrote about in the preseason pro picks. Really liked him, especially when I saw that he was going to hit third in this lineup. And if you look last year, big power numbers in the second half. 
especially after he came back from that broken hand. And uh, we know it takes some time for the power to build there. And uh, he started to really get going in the final couple months of the season. So ton of runs going on there today as the Cardinals look to sweep this series. They're up 11-7 in the top of the seventh inning with two outs. And the Mariners trying to stay hot, but they're uh, losing today in Kansas City. We'll see if they have another comeback in them. They are 12-2 to begin the year. And they are trailing the Royals 6-4 in the bottom of the eighth inning. Uh, Jorge Soler is third home run. Alberto Montesi is second. And Dozier is third. I really like Soler going into the year as well. I thought he was really cheap and people forgot about him. He's hitting cleanup. We'll have Merrifield, Montesi, Gordon in front of him. And uh, OEP only 300, but uh, he's, he's going to get the opportunity to drive runs. He has 12 RBIs on the season. So uh, definitely like him. We'll see who closes for the Royals today. Uh, Peralta pitched the top of the eighth, and he gave up a run. Ian Kennedy went two innings yesterday. Uh, Love Lady, who they just called up, pitched the seventh inning, uh, got the final out of the seventh to give up a hit and got a strikeout. I did see some people pick him up. So we'll see who the Royals turn to today. Will it be Boxberger? Will it be Kennedy? Uh, who knows uh, there. But uh, you know, two more hits for Alex Gordon. And, yeah, we know he doesn't have a huge ceiling, but he's hitting third in this lineup, and he might still be out there if you need a fifth outfielder. For the Mariners, Domingo Santana, two more hits. He's up to 355. D. Gordon, two for three with a run and two RBIs, his first home run of the season. Mike Leak, five innings, five hits, four runs, two walks, four Ks. He allowed three home runs. So we go to the ninth inning, and we'll see if the Royals uh, can hold on. It is 6-4, top of the ninth inning. Royals with the lead there. Let's take a look at the action for tonight and some of the lineups, as it is a small slate, five games tonight. Uh, coming up uh, with the Blue Jays and Red Sox, 7, 10 p.m. Eastern. Aaron Sanchez against Nathan Eovaldi. For the Blue Jays, Billy McKinney leading off and left. Freddie Galvis at short. Justin Smoke is the DH. Randall Grichuk in center. Roddy Telez at first base. Danny Jansen is the catcher. Brandon Jury at third. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is second base hitting eighth. And Socrates Brito in right field batting ninth. For the Red Sox, Andrew Benintendi leading off and left. Mookie Betts in right field hitting second. Mitch Moreland at first base batting third. J.D. JD Martinez, the DH, hitting fourth. Xander Bogarts at short batting fifth. Rafael Devers at third base hitting sixth. Dustin Pedroia at second base batting seventh. Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field hitting eighth. And Blake Swihart behind the plate hitting ninth. Braves and Mets, 7.20 p.m. in Atlanta. Steven Matz against Kevin Gossman for the Braves. Ozzy Albies is at second base. Josh Donaldson's at third, Freddie Freeman at first, Ronald Acuna in center, Nick Markakis in right field batting fifth, Dan C.B. Swanson off to a really good start at shortstop batting sixth, Johan Camargo in left field hitting seventh, Tyler Flowers is the catcher hitting eighth, and Kevin Gossman on the mound batting ninth. Pirates taking on the Cubs at 8.05 p.m. Eastern, Joe Musgrove against Jose Quintana. For the Pirates, Adam Frazier leading off playing second base, Starling Martez in center field hitting second, Francisco Zavrelli is the catcher hitting third. Josh Bell at first base hitting cleanup. Jung Ho Gong at third base hitting fifth. Melky Cabrera in right batting sixth. Pablo Reyes in left field hitting seventh. Eric Gonzalez the shortstop hitting eighth. And Joe Musgrove on the mound batting ninth. The Padres are in Arizona. Pedro Avila against Zach Godley. For the Diamondbacks leading off Jared Dyson in center. Wilmer Flores at first base. David Peralta is in left hitting third. Adam Jones in right field. Hitting cleanup, Eduardo Escobar is at third base, hitting fifth. Cattell Marte is at second base, hitting sixth. Nick Ahmed at shortstop, batting seventh. Caleb Joseph behind the plate, 
hitting eighth, and Zach Godley on the mound hitting ninth. For the Mets, Brandon Nimmo leading off in left field. Pete Alonso is at first base hitting second. Robinson Cano at second base hitting third. Michael Conforto in right field batting fourth. Wilson Ramos is the catcher hitting fifth. Jeff McNeil's at third base hitting sixth. Ahmed Rosario at shortstop batting seventh. Juan Lagares is the catcher uh, in center hitting eighth. And Steven Matz on the mound hitting ninth. For the Cubs, Ben Zobris leading off in right. Chris Bryant's at third base. Anthony Rizzo at first base batting third. Javier Byers at short. Kyle Schwarber in left field. Jason Hayward in center field hitting sixth. Daniel Descasso at second base hitting seventh. Victor Caratini is the catcher hitting eighth as Wilson Contreras gets the night off. And Jose Quintana is on the mound hitting ninth. And Brad Boxberger is into close for the Royals. He got the first out. So Brad Boxberger trying to nail down the save for the Royals in that bullpen. Remember, Ian Kennedy went two yesterday. So looks like it still might be a committee. But if Boxberger gets the job done, Maybe they go to him next time. It's the state of bullpens in 2019. You can check me out, scoutfantasysportscott.com. Got the week three stock watch up for fantasy baseball. Have the two-star pitchers over the weekend. And play ffwc.com to get in a fantasy football startup dynasty draft. I'll be back 2 p.m. Friday. I'll be solo tomorrow. We'll preview the NBA playoffs and baseball talk. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.